As the saying goes, when God guides, God provides. And today we'll see how God sent Paul to Rome, just like he said, and provided all kinds of ministry opportunities along the way. Here's Pastor David with more. It says, and landing at Syracuse, um, we stayed three days. Once again, Luke just including stuff. Why, why do I care that they stayed in Syracuse three days? The truth is I don't, but Luke has included, well, I do. Luke has included it because he's being accurate because it's what happened because Acts is about facts. Because once again, detail, detail, detail. He's telling you, this is the route we took. And you can probably go check, and it would have been exactly the route that someone would have taken. They landed at Syracuse. They stayed there three days. And from there, we circled round and reached Regium. And after one day, the south wind blew. And the next day, we came to Puteoli, where we found brethren. And were invited to stay with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. So they get to Puteoli. We have that map up there. So you, I don't know if you can read that. But that's, you see them, Malta, going up through Syracuse region, over, you see Puteoli, you see the boot there, the uh, Italian boot, and Puteoli is right up in there in the middle. So they've, they've made it to land, they're not going to go back on the sea at this point. And when he gets there, he meets these believers. Why are there believers there? Well, of course there are believers there. Remember that the Jews, had, the Jews had, who had become believers had left, had gone all over the place because Stephen got martyred. By who? Paul, uh, who was sitting there being the witness of, of the martyring of Stephen. Uh, but people had gone all over, and they'd gone back to Rome and the, and the regions around Rome. So they get to Puteoli, and they find believers. Not only just believers, but believers who were like, hey, stay with us for a week. And they did. They'd finally been done with their sea voyage. I'm guessing that Julius, uh, who was a centurion, was probably willing to take the hospitality of these believers. You know, that he's willing, all right, I'll take a week off chill with Paul and them. So they regain their strength because the rest of this trip is going to be on foot. It's going to be on foot. And it says, from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as Appii Forum and three inns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. So somebody has gone from Puteoli, assumedly, taken a jaunt up to Rome and told the brothers and sisters in Rome, hey, Paul's coming. And of course, remember, Paul had written the letter to the Romans. We call it the book of Romans. Um, he had written this some time back, so they knew who he was. He was involved in the ministry there as an apostle, having given them what some of the, the finest doctrinal statements that we have in the New Testament. They, they've already had this. Paul's been wanting to come to them. He's been wanting to come to them, so they hear, hey, Paul's coming. And they are so happy about it that they leave and they walk down, I think it's 20, 30 miles down uh, to Appii Forum in the three inns to meet Paul. And when Paul sees them, he's jacked up, excited. Says, it, it, you know, it, it gave him courage, right? He thanked God. They thank God. And I can just imagine, you know, Paul's been, yeah, he's had a couple. He had Luke and he had Aristarchus with him. But man, he's been through some stuff. And, you know, he's getting to Rome and he's about to face Caesar, Okay, this is a big deal. He's got, he's got a big, you know, could be very frightening path in front of him. And to have these believers, not only be believers in Rome, but that they were excited enough to come down and see him and encourage him must have just been the most amazing thing. I don't know, but I can tell you this. I am encouraged by you. I'm encouraged when other believers are around. It is a tough thing to follow Christ on your own. I would say pretty, pretty near impossible. And Paul shows us here that it's an amazing thing to thank God for, to be able to be around other believers who, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ just like you do, who put their faith in him. Because trying to face the world and face all the darkness and, and evil that's out there by yourself, is just, it's, it's not 
possible. Obviously, you've got to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, but then the Holy Spirit also uses your brothers and sisters to encourage you. And that's what's happened here. I mean, it's just a quick verse. It's just a quick verse saying that, that Paul thanked God and took courage, just a little thing. But I can tell you it was probably an amazing thing for him. Ah, oh, here's these brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's this thing. I don't know them personally. Most likely he didn't know these people personally, but they had the most important thing in common. And as a result of that, this was an amazing meeting for Paul. And, he was, and it gave him the courage, the strength. God gave him the strength through these folks to go ahead and make that last part of his journey to Rome. Now, when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So, we get to Rome. We get to Rome. Finally, Paul was in Rome, right? Jesus had told him, you're going to be a witness for me in Rome. Paul's made it to Rome, and here he is. You got to imagine for yourselves this enormous city, okay? Million people, huge city at this time in the, in the world. The hustle, the bustle, this is the center of power on earth, basically, at the time that they knew about. This was the center of culture. Right? This is the center of darkness. This is, this is a very, very, very big, scary city for Paul, for a believer, I'm sure. But it's the center. God has brought Paul to witness in a place that is as upstream as you can get. So that if the gospel takes hold in Rome, there is unquestionable that it will spread to the rest of the world. Now, Paul's been out in all kinds of cities, and normally he goes to the big cities. And as he preaches the gospel, it goes there and it spreads out. Well, you can't do better than Rome, the center of the world to these folks. And here he is. He's finally there. He gets there. They take him to the captain of the guard, and they say, hey, look, you can go stay, I'm guessing, in some kind of an apartment type thing. And instead of having a centurion, he's just got a soldier, and he would have been chained to the soldier all the time. That's, that's what the situation was. But he was allowed to stay by himself. We don't know how he afforded it. I'm guessing the believers there took care of him. And they got him this place to stay. But that's where Paul is. He's finally made it to Rome. And so what is Paul going to do when he gets to a new city? He's going to go to the Jews, right? That's what he always does. That's what he always does. And so it says this. And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me, wanted to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had anything of which to accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and to speak with you, because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. So he's, he's given them the history, right? Here's why I'm here. I've been speaking about the hope of Israel, the Messiah, the resurrection, that the Messiah has come. That's, that's what I'm all about. And because of that, there were Jews who were upset with me. I was imprisoned. I ended up having to appeal to Caesar because they weren't going to let it go. Not because I'm here to make trouble for Jewish people, but I'm just here to defend myself. So he's telling them all of that stuff. Then they said to him, we neither received letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken any evil of you. But we desire to hear from you what you think. For concerning this sect, Christians, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. Okay. So they're saying, look, apparently the Jerusalem, uh, 
Jews did not send anything to Rome about Paul, or at least didn't send it to the synagogues there. If they sent anything, maybe they sent something to the emperor, or they sent something through Felix or, or Portius Festus or one of these guys, but they did not send anything to the Jews that were living in Rome. They're saying, we don't know. We haven't heard anything negative about you. But here's the deal. This sect, Christians, we've heard bad things about them all over the world. Now, of course, they would have, right? We've already read these stories. Paul has been to all these places all over the world, and he comes into the synagogues, and at the end of the day, some people believe, and some people don't, and those that don't usually cause huge trouble for Paul. And they're the ones who are going to hear, when other people go, they're going to go to these synagogues, and they're going to hear, yeah, there's these Christ followers, right? And so they're saying, we've heard bad things from all kinds of people about these Christians. They're spoken against everywhere. Now, in fact, all the Jews had been kicked out of Rome in 49 A.D., Okay, just 10, 11, 12 years before this. And actually, again, in 19 AD by, by Tiberius, they had all been kicked out too. So the Jews, it wasn't a great deal. It wasn't a great life for Jews in Rome necessarily. Like I said, they got kicked out in 19 by Tiberius and 49 by Claudius. But here's the interesting thing. When Claudius told the Jews to leave Rome, one of the things that may have been the cause of them leaving were the dissensions over Christ. So apparently in the synagogues, they were having uh, big contentions over Jesus Christ because people had come from the diaspora, from the Jews that had left, that had gone away uh, from the Christian diaspora, those who had left after Stephen's martyrdom and gone back, whatever, the people who had come for Pentecost, all these kind of, they're coming back, they're preaching Jesus, and the Jews in Rome were having an issue. And so that issue apparently being contentious enough that it's possible, there's some historical evidence that's possible that one of the reasons that the Jews were kicked out of Rome in 49 was because of Jesus. Remember Aquila and Priscilla, who we've met um, some time back, they had been Jews who had had to leave Rome. They were from Rome. They had been Jews that had uh, had had to leave. But people have started to come back. The Jews have started to come back since Nero was there. Claudius was not. And so now we have a Jewish population in Rome once again. But it was a tough thing for them. And I'm guessing that as these other Jews have come back to Rome, um, the issue about Christ has has not been resolved yet. But here's Paul. Remember, a Jew's Jew, a Pharisee, trained under Gamaliel. This is the real guy. So if this guy's a believer, they're finally ready to listen. Okay, fine. We've had these arguments about the Christ and whatever, but you're obviously a very, very educated man. If you followed this, we're at least going to listen to it. And so that's what they're going to do. They're going to listen to Paul. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God. This is much more than just the gospel, right? This is much more than just the gospel, the good news that Jesus died and there's grace for your sins. The kingdom of God is the whole thing. It's the whole ball of wax. It's what it's all about. It's, it's Jesus through his church, his kingdom that is coming to fruition, that's going to be completed. He's talking about the whole thing, Genesis to Revelation. He's given it all to them. He's preaching about the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. So the law of Moses and the prophets, this is the Old Testament. Paul is, is working it. He's taking the Old Testament, he's showing them it's about Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the kingdom of God. He's walking through it from morning till evening. I know last week I preached for like an hour. Morning till evening, Okay. And, there, and I'm guessing there's a, there's a lively debate going, these Jews going back and forth with him. It's not uncommon as Paul comes in this place, but he's got a passion for the chosen people of God, for the Israelites, for these Jews. He wants them to come to know Jesus. He wants it so bad, and so he's always, in every one of these cities, he's going in, and he's going to the Jews first, and he's saying, please, see, you guys are the ones who can most easily see it. 
Let's walk through it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Look, it's just Jesus, Jesus all the way through. And he's come, and he died, and he rose, and he's just passionately. Morning till evening. Morning till evening. And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing, you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Some came to know Christ that day. Some Jews came to know Christ, and that would have been an amazing thing for the believers in the city who have probably been working on these Jewish men and women for years. And some of them, through the ministry that Christ does through Paul, come. Some of them reject. And Paul is saying, listen, Isaiah was right about you. You're seeing, but you don't see. You're hearing, but you don't hear. Your heart is callous. You ever have calluses on your hands? You know, you're out there digging, you're doing whatever, playing guitar. If you do that, you get them on your fingers. But you get calluses, they build up. They're rough. It's like a coating over it. That's what's happened to these people's hearts. That's what's happened to their hearts so that they couldn't even hear it. It was not their head, notice. It was not, it doesn't make sense. I don't believe he rose from the dead. I don't believe this. That. Look, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Jerusalem knew Jesus rose from the dead. There was no question about it. The evidence was overwhelming. They knew he rose from the dead, and they were so calloused that they continued to want to do their own thing. These Jewish people in Rome, they're told all the stuff that they need to know to understand it. He's walking through the scripture. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. They can see it. It's not their head. Their head gets it. Their heart is so calloused. The part of them that's willing, that's deciding what they're going to do, is set against Christ. They won't do it. They won't do it because their heart has just been calloused over with their own traditions, with their own pride, right? They do things the way they do things. They've always, this is the way we've always done things. This is the way we, this new religion that lets Gentiles in, that's for everybody and whatever, I don't get to be as special in that. Or I got to change my lifestyle. Or I got to do things different. No, 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 no. And their heart just became more callous. And as they rejected the message, it suppressed the truth in right, unrighteousness. Their heart came, became calloused over. So even as Paul has persuaded them, and let me just tell you, Paul would have been very convincing. Paul would have been very convincing. No matter whether he convinced their head, he's saying, your hearts are calloused. They're set against it. Now, now I just, this is a warning. Jesus has not stopped changing hearts, our hearts. We are being transformed. But I can tell you the thing that will stop transformation real quick, that will stop the renewing of your mind, callousing your heart. Don't you get so tied up in your own traditions or our own American culture or the way we do things or whatever it is that when Jesus is doing something and saying, this is what I have for you and this is what I want from you and this is where I want you to go, that there's so much callous in your heart that you say, no, No, don't buy it. We do Jesus this way, my way. We don't do it this way. I mean, how many times in the history of the church has it been just difficult as can be to be able to alter the way we're doing things that have that make no difference biblically because people's hearts are so calloused. They're unwilling to do what needs to be done to reach the people that need to be reached because they're so set in their own traditions, their own mindsets. 
Let's not let ourselves get there. It says this, Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when, they had said these, when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. So as is the normal thing, Paul brings it to the Jews, some, some join some reject, and then Paul brings it to the Gentiles. That's what he does. And then two full years, four years since Paul's been arrested in Jerusalem. Two whole years he's there in Rome in a house. Everyone who comes to him, he's continuing to disciple. He's continuing to disciple. He's continuing to talk about the kingdom of God. It's not in great circumstances. He's chained to some dude, right? It's not a great situation for Paul. It doesn't stop him. It doesn't stop him. He was alive, and until he wasn't alive anymore, he was going to use his breath to praise the Lord, to speak the truth, to disciple others. Now, why doesn't Acts end with Paul's death or Peter's death or something like that? Why doesn't Acts end that way? That was, that was it, by the way. That was the end of Acts. Why doesn't it end with Paul's death or Peter's or some kind of like resolution? It's like, and so Paul was there. That's over. That's right. It's, it's facts. But here's the thing. Acts is not about Paul and Peter. That's not what it's about. It's about the acts of the Holy Spirit through Christ's church. That's what this book has been about. If we go through and end it with the death of Paul or with the death of Peter, it sounds like the protagonist in the book is Paul or Peter. But that's not who the protagonist of the book is. The protagonist of the, of the book is God. is Jesus Christ's church and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't get confused by having the book end with the death of Paul. So we can be like, oh, there's the story of Paul. It's not the story of Paul. It's a story of you. It's a story of Christ's church. That's what Acts is a story of. And don't lose sight of that. And I love this, that the very end, the very last part of Acts is saying that Paul dwelt two whole years in his own running house, received all who came from, to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Preaching the kingdom of God. Here we are. It's, listen, it's the kingdom of God. It, Christ's church is the manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth. Listen, the very beginning of the book of Acts, first three verses, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's how it starts. How does it end? We're still preaching the kingdom of God. Starts with the kingdom of God, ends with the kingdom of God. All through it, we're seeing the manifestation of the kingdom of God proclaiming the kingdom of God and seeing the kingdom of God move forward through Christ's church. That's the book of Acts. We pray, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we doing? We are here to, to be doing the will of God on earth. What is that? That's his kingdom come. 
That's what we're praying for. That's what's happening. The elders of this church, some time ago, decided that we should go through the book of Acts. And we needed it. We needed it. We needed to see what it looked like to be a Christ follower and to be a church of Christ followers. We needed to understand it. We needed to understand it. And now we have the history of the beginning, first three decades of Christ's church has taught us what it looks like to follow Christ as his church. Now, we need to make sure that our hearts are not calloused as to what Jesus is calling us to do. Because there's a call in here. See, in that amount of time, in those couple years, we've actually added to the story. This story doesn't end abruptly because it doesn't end. Because it doesn't end. Because the story of Christ's church is ongoing, and so the acts of the Holy Spirit are ongoing. It doesn't end. We have been continuing to write the story. We are adding to the story right now, today. It continues with the story of us and what Jesus is doing through us because Jesus is still alive and the Holy Spirit is still at work through his church. Nothing has stopped. Just like God sent Paul to Rome to spread the good news of Jesus, he sends us all over too. And not just around the world, but to our friends and neighbors to share the hope of new life. As always, if you have questions about that hope in Christ, we'd love to help. Call us at 360-885-9000 or send us an email. Use info at axchurchnw.org. Well, that's it for today, and I hope you'll join us next time for the conclusion in our look at the book of Acts here on Contemplate. Contemplate.